Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine. Uh, we're going to spend some time going over what happened last night in both baseball and basketball. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about tonight's slate. Uh, I'll let everyone get rolling in here over the first couple of minutes. Uh, say hello to me and YouTube. Let me know you're in the chat over there. If you want to interact with the show, feel free to do it. Ask me any questions and we'll get to those as the show comes on. But uh, it's been a really fun start of the DFS season. You know, I sort of sat out the golf and the MMA. That's not my speed. I like the main sports, baseball, basketball, football's right around the corner. FanDuel has salaries out already for week one. I mean, what's going on over there? But you can jump into some FanDuel games already and start uh, looking at the salaries over there. DraftKings, I'm sure will be coming out at some point in the next couple of days. DraftKings lost, uh, launched a best ball product too, which is sort of the talk of the town right now. And it's just going to be a, a, a really fun uh, introduction back to sports uh, as we get into the football season. Uh, you know, fingers crossed uh, the virus doesn't sort of knock everything away for us and uh, the sports team or the sports leagues keep trucking on. Uh, but that's what I'm really hoping for as well on those. So, uh, I see Heat Nation. You're in chat. If you want to go over, I got baseball pulled up. But yeah, let's. Uh, we can go over some basketball first. You, you got any questions, Heat? Uh, I see you in chat. I got the shoot around pull up. Right, a six hundred thousand dollar tournament. Uh, this was a, a big one. Thirty five thousand entries. People you had to beat. Uh, and you can see here, uh, Javit five oh seven. Twenty entries. Boom. Takes down hundred and fifty k. Congratulations. I see. Uh, Jamie Apex, hey, you're a Roto Grinders member. One bullet, sixty thousand uh, dollars. Yo, yo, tell me how to do that. Uh, let me let me have some fun out there. Uh, but congratulations to all the Roto Grinders members that uh, happened to place bid in this tournament. Uh, but right, we we go through. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, I see Devin in the chat dropping. I did a. Uh, if any of you guys are Roto Grinders Premium, right? This show is free, but there's a lot of stuff behind the paywall here at Roto Grinders. Uh, we had uh, a DraftKings how to attack their best ball championship video. If you want to go check that out and you're a premium member, click the link in YouTube and you'll get over to that. Not right now, but after the show, uh, I went over some of my favorite stacks, some of my favorite ADT, ADP targets. Uh, all right, they got 20 entries or 20 roster limit instead of 18 that you might be used to if you played best ball before. There's a lot of different ways to do it. The scoring's different with full PPR and then the 100 yard and 300 yard bonuses. Uh, I go over all of my strategies I'm going to be using in that in that video. Uh, so go check it out. And best ball is going to be now that DraftKings has picked it up. And I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that FanDuel gets going with best ball at some point soon too. Now that the main sites have it, it is going to become so popular uh, in the off seasons and things like that. You got to get into it. Uh, it's fun. You can win a lot of money doing it. And uh, at least on DraftKings, the competition, you get a lot of, uh, the casual players now into best ball for the first time. Uh, the games look pretty soft. The ADPs are good, so I encourage you to go jump over there. Uh, yeah, let's look over what some of these people did. Uh, you know, I always spend a couple minutes every day uh, in results DB on my own, sort of seeing, hey, what won? What was the lineup that won? Uh, what can we take away? Right, pretty reasonably chalky lineup you know, had the good plays. And then he had, you know, in NBA, you pretty much always need that one guy that's sub 10% owned that has the big day. That was Dorian Finney-Smith last night. Uh, so, I, you know, looking at his lineup makes absolute perfect sense why that one. Uh, you go to Jamie Apex, right? Again, pretty chalky. Had Malcolm Brogdon, Daniel House, 10%, right? Big game, Buddy Heald, 10% owned big game that's how you sort of jump up into these really large field tournament winning lineups in basketball you don't it's not like basketball where you need or, or baseball or a lineup full of three percenters right if, if that stat goes off for 10 runs gets you a winning lineup that's not what you need in basketball basketball is more getting that you know we have these little five and six game slates so you really just need one or two guys around that 10 percent owned that those are the guys that have the big game. You're going to see this as I go through almost all the lineups, Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, this guy, one single lineup, Dorian Finney-Smith, TLC, right? This is what good overall large field basketball lineup construction looks like to me. So if you're, you're making lineups by hand or using lineup HQ, 
find a couple of guys, right? If you're in lineup HQ, bucket maybe, I don't know, five or six or seven guys that you think are going to be 10% owned, right? Like if I go to today, we have our ownership up already. So I would find a couple of guys, right? Fred Van Vliet, he's 10% owned on DraftKings. Well, why is he just 10% owned when he's crushing it every night, right? He's playing huge minutes. Uh, They're playing their playoff rotation. Toronto is not taking any prisoners in the playoffs right now. They're going up against Orlando, right? Slow team. So, what? you know, he's only 10% owned because he's high priced and he's going up against Orlando. We have him at 37 fantasy points. I mean, he's had 41 and 51. What I like are the minutes here, right? So I would group, make a group of, say, six to seven, maybe even eight of these 10% owned guys or less enforce one if not two into basically every lineup I make in basketball if you're using lineup HQ and if you're sort of making them by hand in the large field tournaments you know for something like this where you've got to beat 35,000 people this is what the roster construction looks like for sort of the you know little five and six game slates that we're playing here get uh, you, you need those low owned guys you know we see uh, this lineup had Bam Adebayo DFS and Oladipo Oladipo didn't really get there and buddy right? So that was a little bit more uh, lower owned. Uh, 1-800-Eddie, he plays a lot of lineups too. He had Oladipo. Zubak was an interesting play. Really came through uh, after having a bad couple of games since the restart. Get some low ownership. Don't just blindly use the projections. You're just going to be playing the chalk lineups like everybody else. Uh, mix it up in basketball. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we got NKU card 88 and thanks for participating in the YouTube chat. If you guys uh, are either on Roto Grinders or watching live on YouTube, uh, click the like button. We would really appreciate that. And if you want to get notified whenever shows go live, uh, click the subscribe button. We would greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, and also feel free to chat anything, everything, baseball, basketball, yesterday, today, uh, I will try to interact with you guys as much as, as possible. Uh, so NKU card 88 thinking Brandon Clark, a must play for cash today. Duh. Uh, of course, everyone, everyone in the world is going to be playing Brandon Clark today uh, with uh, Jaron Jackson out. So absolutely. Uh, what I want to talk about is more the tournament angle here. If I go to uh, overall projected ownership, let's see here. Uh, you can see Brandon Clark, the highest owned projected play of the day. Odds are that's going to be the guy you want to have in your tournaments. Uh, what you want to, you know, do is if I go to sort of the ownership from last night's slate, you can see how people handle the highest owned player in basketball all handle a little bit differently. So what I noticed here looking at last night is every, the player who won along with, I've pulled up what I would consider six other really good MME large field DFS players, right? All these guys, I think, put 150 in last night. Malcolm Brogdon was the the highest on play of the day. Every single one of them, basically at the field or over. None of them really were like, Malcolm Brogdon, basketball, the point per dollars are very tough fades. It's very different from baseball. Baseball, you can fade the highest on play of the day. Basketball, very tough to do something like that because there's a reason they're the highest on. They're going to be on the floor for a lot of minutes. Their price is cheap, and they're likely to get a lot of fantasy points. So you can see a lot of different strategies. Tom JK, Mr. Good Seats, uh, Brick 75, basically all in on Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I would have no problem today if you're playing Brandon Clark, right? Click the lock button on Brandon Clark. I don't think I'd want to be under the field on Brandon Clark. He's likely to have a good game. Uh, I'm going to let my opponents make that mistake in basketball. And you can see what the good minds do. None of them were really underweight Victor Oladipo last night. And I would sort of take that stance with Brandon Clark. If I was MMEing or if I'm just hand building a couple of games, uh, I would probably put a guy like Brandon Clark in all of my lineups today. Yeah, Cornell, I thought this was about baseball. It's look, I do baseball, I do basketball, I can talk at all. Basketball starts early today. Baseball's a little bit later in the day. We can talk about whatever you want. If you want something specific about baseball, my man, put a question into chat and we will have a good time uh, hashing it out here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Do you have a ratio to use in your groups of sub 10% guys in comparison to how many lineups or do you use the same six to eight guys across all lines? So what you're really doing is you can think of it a couple of different ways. So 
I'm just going to go, I'm going to do something really quick here. I'm going to go to our percent owned. These are not actual specific plays I would make tonight. I'm just doing this as an example. So right from lineup HQ, right? Let's put in a whole bunch of guys right into, we're going to call it group one, right? These are low owned players that I'm going to, in theory, want in my lineups tonight. So I go to the groups page. They're all in here. Let's pretend this is my group. You can see their percent owned all reasonably well. Uh, if I'm MMEing, I would do something like this, one to two, maybe even one to three. You're probably not going to get too many three of them, but I, I don't mind having three or something like that in all of my lineups. Now, there's a reason these guys are low on because their projections are pretty low, you know, point per dollar is pretty low. So there's a couple ways you can handle this. If you want to let the projections decide who's going to get in there, just let it ride, right? This is all you have to do. If you want to put a little bit more thought into it um you can you know like a guy who did i i had jalen no i didn't have jalen brown in this group uh let's see here so i had uh joel Embiid in this group right he's low owned because he's 10-4 today and didn't have had that monster game uh the first day a little bit of a letdown but still a pretty good game the problem is he's just expensive uh if i he's going up against washington right 30 minutes i think is a good projection if you just want to let the projections run, you don't do anything. But if you have a specific take on Embiid, right, you would maybe want to get a minimum of 20% ownership on Embiid. You could also cap if one of these guys shows up in a lot of your lineups after you make them, you can cap their max as well, right? Once you, I could just build uh, a couple of lineups and I'll, I'll kind of show you what I'm doing here. Let's see here. So, right, I put Embiid at minimum 20%. I got exactly 20% because he wasn't overprojected or anything like that. If you were getting too much of a player that is low owned and you didn't want that much, you would just cap the max exposure. I typically just let the the projections run and maybe I set a max at, you know, 15 to 20% for all, all the guys in the low owned group. I think that's probably good to get a, a good enough mix of all of those guys. Hopefully that helped you out, Heat Nation. Uh, Sean George, does Lineup HQ allow a group to be created to use exactly X number of players and set a group max exposure for that group? I.e. want to force X percent of a specific game stack in your build of 100 lineups. Not yet, but that is something we are attempting, I believe, to do behind the scenes with this group max exposure. This was basically made for the NASCAR people. And they're uh, working behind the scenes to make this more uh, workable for basketball and uh, baseball to do that. Like, so in baseball, if I wanted to use a lot of two pitchers, but I didn't want them in the same lineup, right? This is something, you know, I only wanted them in a small percentage of lineups together. That's sort of like the thing they're working on behind the scenes. So it's not there yet. Uh, I would just make game stacks, uh, you know, I would make team... Uh, do something like this in your players per team when you build uh, set everybody to zero or set everyone to like the minimum if I'm trying to make game stacks of this Philadelphia Washington game uh, and then like I would just set the minimum of everybody to maybe two right, that I'm going to get in all the rest of my lineups. But here I'm going to get a minimum of two. And I'm going to get a max of two in the other games, right? And then I would just build those like little separately, right? It takes a little bit of time currently. And I know we're working on it behind the scenes. But if you want to make game stacks, um, you know, if you just wanted to make five game stacks of this game, this would be a way to do that pretty quickly. And then you would just save them in my lineups to your save teams. And then you would go on creating all the rest of the stuff that you want to do. Um, see if I can get a couple other playing here. Um, so Heat Nation, 20 lines, 50, well, like lineups. Do you still set that low loan group to six to eight? Sure, yeah, right? Because I want, it all depends on your takes. If you've got like three loan players that you've got a read on and you really like, put three in there, right? I'm not going to tell you what to do. You don't have to use the Roto-Grinders projections. You can come up with your own take. So it's all what you want to do. Do you want to be more diverse? Do you want to be more, um, you know, narrow in your results? Then I can, I got a good, good thing from last night on Mr. Good Seats. Uh, 
the field used Corey Joseph 1.18% of lineups. Every other good player had zero. And Mr. Goodseat says, I don't care. I like Corey Joseph. I'm playing him on 120 of my 150 teams. Uh, so like, great. And Corey Joseph was obviously alone, but Mr. Goodseats, he doesn't care about that. He cares about playing guys a lot of times in his lineups. And if he's right, he's going to have a good night, right? That's how he likes to play NBA. Uh, Corey Joseph had a good day, right? I would say getting 27 fantasy points when you have 80% of the guy basically has the only Corey Joseph in the entire tournament. Um, that will work, but you got to be right on it. If you want to be more diverse in your low owned players, uh, I don't really try to narrow it to like two or three. I would have maybe six to eight on a slate like tonight. And, you know, if we had a bigger slate, maybe I'd put eight to 10 or something like that. There's a lot of ways to play. There's no right way to play. There's no wrong way to play. Um, but it's all based on, do you want to be more diverse that night? Or do you have a specific take like uh, Mr. Goodseats had on Corey Joseph? Uh, you know, if you're wrong on this, right, if Corey Joseph has 11 fantasy points, your entire night is basically wiped out. You have almost no chance of, you literally have no chance of winning and you're probably not going to cash much at all. Um, but if it does go right, you know, I can go to the entries and I could see, let's see here, where's Mr. Goodseeds? Looks like the rest of his, you know, thing, he didn't get a top 50 or anything like that. So even though he got that right, you know, he had a lot of Malcolm Brogdon, 29 fantasy points. He had a ton of Russell Westbrook, who was a big disappointment. He had a ton of DeAndre Eaton, who was a little bit of a disappointment. So that's, you know, he went really narrow in his approach and did not have himself a good night in this particular tournament. Um, if he instead played uh, 100% Luka Doncic, right, he still had all over the field on Luka. If he would have played that's fine. All in on use of Nurkic instead of being underweight, right? He would have had a much better day. So it's all about your risk reward uh, every single day on, on any single slate. Um, let's see here. That's about all we got. So I, I went over some basketball. I'm going to go over to a little bit of baseball talk of what happened last night. Uh, we can see the check 182, a good player, ends up taking down uh, $100,000. So congrats to him. Taking a look at his lineup, one of the first, one of the things I like to do too is just make sure, um, you know, if you have the ability in lineup HQ, you can make all different sorts of stacks all at the same time and one output. And you could see here, right, he had the Atlanta stack, but then every other play, Washington, Colorado, Chicago was a one-off. Uh, what I like to do, he has another lineup here too, but this one was a 5-3 stack of Atlanta and Washington. So you can see... Uh, a lot of good players, even though it's a little easier to just make one particular type of stack. Baseball is a really strange sport, creating multiple types of stacks, you know, uh, within the same, you know, you know, obviously he was focused a little bit here on Atlanta or he had enough Atlanta stacks, creating uh, a 5-1-1-1 and then a 5-3 stack, right? Gets him two into the top 10 and then he's, he's able to win, uh, even though, right, his one-off rate, a zero, uh, you know, Jason Hayward at basically no ownership at 21 and then Howie Kendrick was owned, uh, but he had 22. That's what really allowed basically the, the Jason Hayward right here, even though Trevor story had a zero, he was highly owned as a one-off didn't really hurt him too much. The ability, right. To have a player, nobody else is on at low ownership as a one-off basically gave him a hundred thousand dollars last night within his stack here. So always think about in baseball, Right. Well, five threes are great, and five two ones are great, and five one ones are great, and four three ones are great. Uh, a diverse player pool, a diverse number of stacks. Right. Don't be afraid to do that, especially when the salaries get tighter. Right. When the salaries are easy, it's easy to jam in five three stacks. When the salaries get tougher, maybe you need the five one ones or the four three ones to be able to make what you would consider good stacks with good pitchers and things like that. Uh, so just uh, keep an eye on that. Congrats uh, to the check for a, a pretty nice uh, showing, I would say, in that one. Uh, I always like to see what people do with pitchers, too, and uh, a lot of different ways. I got Blender in here. I see him in here. Uh, so the check at pitching, right, again, you can just take a look, right? I, I talked about diversity in basketball. 
being diverse in baseball isn't a bad thing. Anything can happen on a night in baseball. So, I mean, this is probably a little too wide from what I typically play, but I didn't win $100,000 last night. He did, and he's a pretty good player. So it looks like last night he decided to really mix it up at pitching. Maybe he thought the projections were close. Maybe this is his typical play style, but he played a lot of different pitchers and a lot of different lineups. You can see other players, right? E. Hafner, I think he's a really good player, went a little more narrow. Uh, Brorannosaurus Flex, he always has some big games, very narrow in his pitching selection. Ricky D, I'd consider him to be another good player. You know, I, I would call this typically around what I play, probably at like a 40% cap at, at pitcher. Blender, right, really narrow, makes a couple pitcher selections, sort of like Ricky D, and rides with those guys. Um, so again, it's always about what you want to do the type of player you want to be. If you go narrow and you miss, you're pretty much very likely to lose all your money in that day. If you play something like the check, you know, you don't even have to make a call. You're really just playing projections and playing stacks and trying to get one or two lineups that have the ability every single night to hit, right? He's playing a lot of teams. You can go look at his, uh, you know, the, the players he used to, I'm going to assume, he didn't really, wasn't over maybe 30% on a player. Yep, basically just what I expect. Not really over 20% on any more than four players. So he was extremely diverse in his player pool. You can just see him going down and down and down. And he's just got a lot of players in there, basically playing just about every stack, I would imagine. And his style is sort of, I want to give myself a chance to have a team or a lineup every single night that can win, right? If you go narrow, and your choices are wrong, you aren't going to do that. But when you are right, you're going to have more chances to win that particular night. So it's all about your particular play style. Uh, and, and I don't, again, I don't think there's a wrong or a right way to play. You know, if I go to the hitters, I'm going to assume blender, basically what I would expect out of him. No one really over 30% in baseball. I think you're going to see a, a trend here, right? None of the really good players. Hafter was a little more concentrated, it looks like, on the cores game. Uh, so of course, right there, none of the good players are going all in on a hitter. And I think that's a pretty reasonable strategy. Ricky D way off the board here, really liked Baltimore. If Baltimore would have come through, right. If Baltimore, I think Baltimore got shut out. So, uh, RIP Ricky D for this particular tournament on this particular day. But if you're like zero, 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 this is a bad day for Ricky D. But if this hits, right, the leverage he creates on this, if they just score like eight runs, he is rocketing up the leaderboards because no one else has them. And he has quite a few different combinations of all of these guys in there as well. So uh, a lot of different ways to play. Figure out what type of player you want to be. And uh, I stress this on a lot of the shows. Create a process, whether you're making one or two teams by hand every day or if you're using lineup HQ for any amount of teams, something repeatable that you can do every day. It'll save you a lot of time. It'll save a lot of your stress. And once you learn to use the tools on roto grinders or figuring out what you want to do mentally for a couple of hand-built lineups, that's what's going to end up making you a better player in the long run. It's just a a long-term process. Don't switch it up every single day. You're going to get lost. You're going to have no clue what you're doing. You're going to be wasting a lot of time. That's not how I like to play. I like to be very concise in what I'm doing, have a plan just about every day and execute that plan. If I'm MMEing, knowing exactly what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do, and then do that over and over and over again, specifically in a sport like baseball, because anything can happen in baseball. There's a lot of variance in the sport. So uh, a good showing from the check. And uh, here's, you know, basically what some of the other pros did. Uh, pretty easy to, to sort of understand what they're doing if you, you go through them in results, TV. Um, result, baseball showing the wrong fantasy points scored. I'm not sure. I looked at this earlier. But I think it's pretty correct. Oh, there we go. I refreshed. Maybe we had something wrong earlier in the day. Maybe I should do that again. Uh, Let's take a look at this guy who won here. So apparently uh, the check did not win. He ended up with 5,000 and ship it 
33 roto grinders member uh one with 180 points let's see what he won with uh so we had dustin may i don't think a lot of people were using him and then max freed right low ownership on dustin may we were always worried about his pitch count had himself was able to strike out quite a few people uh, i don't know if you saw that gif this morning of his fastball just like basically unhittable uh, max freed as well uh, had himself a, a good enough performance and what one here, right, he had the two, the five, three Atlanta, Washington and the Josh Harrison in the outfield, right? Ultra cheap, low owned. He played the high owned two Washington plays in here. And then he had Atlanta. I was on the Atlanta stack last night. I had him paired with Baltimore and a couple of hand teams I built. So I was on the wrong side of that, but this was a, a, a pretty nice pairing. You get the chalky plays here. Uh, you got the low-owned Atlanta team. They were priced up. Not a lot of people were going to use them. Austin Riley uh, hasn't really had that great of a season, but at 4,200 when you're stacking, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Tyler Flowers at low ownership, right? So uh, a really good lineup there. Uh, and we already went over the check, um, but you can see what he did here. I guess I should kind of go back and let me refresh basketball, see if this changes anything. So I always like to look at the winning lineups. All right, so that that stayed the same here, but maybe there was an error. Someone fixed it on the back end, and you got results DB with the correct showings now in baseball. Uh, again, if you guys want to participate in the show, feel free to chat on YouTube. Anything from last night, if you want to talk about tonight, I got ba basketball pulled up. I got baseball pulled up. We can talk about whatever you want for today. Just hit me up in the YouTube, and while you're there, uh, click the like button. We would really appreciate that here uh, on Roto Grinders. Uh, so tonight, let's. Uh, we got basketball coming up in a couple of hours. So I already, I already talked about. Let me make sure the ownership hasn't changed at all. I'll get the latest refresh. So I talked about. see here so we've refreshed it looks like the ownership has changed a little bit so it looks like Jarrett allen uh with what the nets are probably going to roll out today after resting him looks to be one of the highest owned players right 5400 big price discount uh highest point per dollar on the slate highest smash percentage on the slate uh you know just highest projected ownership of the slate so what i like to do I wouldn't try to get cute with whoever we project to be the highest owned player. I'm, I'm of the play type. If I was MMEing or making just a couple of lineups, I would be of the, the I'm playing Jarrett Allen crew today. Uh, that's how I like to play. Not really try to do something cute and fade the highest owned player in tournaments or be extremely underweight. Uh, and NBA is just the difference for you can do that in football. You can do that in baseball, but basketball, you can really get yourself uh, and basically have no shot of even cashing if you're wrong on, on that particular call. Uh, Murray's interesting. Uh, you know, like, you know, if you look at earlier in the season, his assists were pretty high. They're down now because he's sharing the court with a couple other guys uh, that can also distribute. Not sure he has quite the ceiling. Uh, I, I might actually be a little underweight on Murray today. Uh, if I was MMEing, I'm a little concerned about uh, just his assist totals, the usage, uh, all right. But, you know, just looking at this stuff versus what he was able to do earlier in the season since they've restarted, four, uh, three, two, right? When you could look back, you know, four, five, he had sixes and sevens. It's just not really there. Uh, usage basically a little bit higher, but uh, slightly concerned is ball distribution playing uh, a little bit more uh, with uh, the backcourt there, the the duo that his assist percentage might be a little bit slower uh, or lower. Uh, Doug wants to know what five pitching stacks do you place the most weight on? So I don't have like my own algorithm or anything like that. Uh, what Strikeouts are king in daily fantasy. You want to get strikeout percentage for sure. All right, so let's go to plate IQ. Uh, let's pull up. Uh, let's see what we got here tonight. Let's see what's going on in Texas. So we've got Manaya going up against Texas, and I think he's going to be somewhat popular. We saw the lefty sort of shut down Texas last night. So what you have here, the lefty-lefty, you can see Manaya were deadly against lefties, 28% strikeout percentage, 
going back to last year. And you can see here the lefties in the Texas lineup. Lots of red, lots of red, lots of red, red, red. Uh, so you want green over here. You want red over here in the strikeout percentage. That's basically the absolute most important thing to me in terms of DFS projections for your pitchers. you got to have strikeout upside. Uh, I like pitchers that can go a little bit deeper into games, if that's at all possible. Uh, we're still a little earlier in the season, so I like pitchers that I know can – like Kyle Hendrick didn't have a great night, but he still goes seven innings last night. And that's why you play Kyle Hendrick, because you know he has the capability of doing that, where you know – other pitchers might not even be able to go five innings. So that's something I like right now. Um, pretty much some of the main things I look at when I'm trying to determine my DFS pitcher for the day. Uh, the best stack between the Twins and the Rockies. Uh, so let's, the Twins are going to be popular. They got a high total and they're really cheap, right? On both FanDuel and if I go over to DraftKings, we don't have ownership now because there's just so much going on behind the scenes for, for baseball. But I'm expecting the Twins to draw ownership because their projected order on DraftKings tonight, 4,100, 3,900, 4,900, 4,000. You get uh, Arias, Sano has power, Mitch Garver as well. Uh, so I do like them. I expect them to have some ownership. And of course, we've got cores. Let's see, I'm going to zoom out just a little bit so my teams can roll up here. Uh, the Cubs got a big total really comes down to like ownership for me in the end too. So like whichever teams, you know, I'll look at Slate IQ. Baseball ownership's been coming up at like three or four in the afternoon. And then it gets refreshed probably about like six o'clock, six oh five, something like that. So once that last update hits and the ownership's basically as good as it's going to get, I will look at Slate IQ. I'll see which teams have the highest leverage for the day. And then if I also agree with what Slate IQ is telling me, if it's a team I like in a spot for one reason or another, right, why might the Cubs be a little lower owned today? Well, because Anthony Rizzo is 5,400 and Javi Baez is 4K or 5K and Schwarber and Contreras are almost 5K. So they're expensive. So it's just when you're using lineup HQ or optimizers and things like that, it's just a lot tougher unless you manually try to get some of the Cubs you just might not get as much as you want today. And so if there's a team with a high total and their players are high priced and there's a couple good value teams, that high total team might just be under owned. And I, I like sort of paying up in, in that sort of case for those teams. So just keep your eye out for, for things like that. I don't see really too much else standing out. I like the angels again tonight. Uh, Trout for, first pitch baby home run. I mean, how, how obvious was that going to happen? Uh, but I, I like them tonight uh, against the lefty and Gonzalez. I think, you know, Rendon, Trout, expensive, right? 5,200, 6,200 for, for Trout. It looks like I still have the Cubs in here. But it's going to be expensive. That means low ownership uh, on an expensive stack. And then the Angels play the hokey pokey with the lineup sometimes too. So we don't get that. So uh, if you don't have your lineup and you're able to nail all those guys, you can late swap over here in the entry manager uh, to, to fix your entries and your stacks and stuff like that. But I, I like the angels as well. Uh, is there a way to ensure that all of your lineups force your catcher to be included in your five man stack? So currently, yes, you would just put, let's pretend, right? I wanted to make sure Mitch Garver was in all he was used in only used Hmm, the five-man stack, that's tough because if I put all the teams to only be used with uh, a couple of them, but if you had specific teams you wanted to do that with, if you wanted to make sure you had Garver on your twin stack, let me just show you how to do that. You would go to groups and you would use a conditional player and I would type in Mitch Garver. So now this is going to key on Mitch Garver and I would put in guys like, I would put in all the twins I want to use. I would want to use Rosario and I would want to use Sano, and I would want to use Cruz, and we want to use uh, Polanco, right? And you can go on and on. Let's see, who do I And Kepler, right? So then I would want to make sure I'm using four of those if Mitch Garver gets thrown into a lineup, right? So now anytime Mitch Garver gets put into a lineup, 
I'm going to make sure I get at least four twins, right? So you can do something like that. Now you can't, it's tough because if you're using three man stacks, also this particular rule wouldn't allow that to happen because you know, you're using three to four. So you could do something like two to four, right? And then Garver is, oh, any, any five man twin stack, you're going to get Garver. But you could also get Garver in a three-man stack right here, too, if you were using five threes or something like that. Uh, so this would just sort of be a way to make sure something like that happens. But, yes, unfortunately, nothing quicker than creating groups. It just takes, like, 30 seconds per team if there's just a couple of teams you want to do it. I know you want to – I want – everyone wants the I win button, right? But sometimes that's a little hard to do and make everything else in lineup HQ that already works also work at the same time, right, while making it – happen at a reasonable speed so just some things aren't we all want the the quickest way trust me behind the scenes that is me a hundred percent and the lineup hq team sometimes they get a you know they get upset at me because i just want i want things quicker i want easier use but it's just the math and all the stuff that goes in behind the scenes to make it all work together there's there's a lot of it so uh, unfortunately you do have to create the group for it at this particular time um Arity wants to know, is there a way to get rid of the legend bottom of lineup HQ to see more of the, the player list? So I, I'm assuming you're doing, is this what you're talking about? The legend? I mean, mine is just, if you refresh, right? Like I zoomed out. Like if I refresh now, because um, of my zoom, right? I, I have more player lists. Is this what you're talking about? I've never really had a problem. If you want to see like the whole player list screen, maybe I would just zoom in and out, right? The more you zoom in and out, the more uh, player players you can see on the screen. Uh, for the sake of the show, I zoom in a little bit so you guys can actually see what I'm talking about. Um, but if you just want to see more players, I, I, you can just zoom in and out on your particular computer. You're on Windows, Control, and then the uh, plus and minus button zoom in and out for you for a quick thing. I do that all the time for shows and basically all throughout my day. Um, yeah, what else do you guys want to talk? Any more basketball, any more baseball? Get your questions into chat. I uh, love chatting with you guys. It's a fun show. I always learn some things too, looking over the results and results DB. And uh, hey, maybe you guys, maybe I'll see, hey, how to make a five-man stack include exposition. Yeah, that would be great if we just had that. Um, but it is a little tough, unfortunate to do that, Sean. Um, Aaron, I'm glad I answered your question. Um, oh yeah, there's Nicole. A plus button next to the columns will put the pool table up here. So that's that's right there. So if you want this, right? If you want to see more, you can hide right here. Boom! Now you've got all the players. So Nicole's got a good one there too. So that gets rid of all the stuff at the top. See, there's all these things on lineup HQ. If you're not programming it every day, sometimes you forget about it. Uh, that's a good one as well. So thanks, Nicole, for popping in there on that one. Um, just going to scroll up and make sure I got all your guys' questions. It looks like I did. So guys, feel free. Hey, hit me up. Questions. Baseball, basketball for tonight. We already talked about yesterday. You can always go back at any time. Results DB. See what won, uh, see what their strategies are, pick a couple of good players out, see what they're doing, and and, and have a good time over there. But I, I guess I'll go to basketball because that's going to be locking in like two couple of hours. And the ownership, I'm sure, will get updated a couple more times as we get closer and closer and the Nets tell us what they're doing today and we get a couple more of these injury things. Um, looks like Actually, looks like you guys want to talk baseball uh pitchers today so let's go to the pitchers uh, i've got the bat right i use the bat you can use the roto grinders projections if you didn't buy the bat uh they come from sis this year uh so a, a very good company that creates the base standard um, but i always like to look at the bat uh so right now we've got i've got DraftKings pulled up here boom i'll click the plus minus we can see some more players uh so it looks like you know clevenger against cincinnati that's looking halfway decent uh, as the highest projected player of the day. I'm always going to have interest in Lance McCullers. Um, you know, that curveball at Arizona, if the roof is closed, that is a really nice pitcher park. 
Uh, I already showed you when I was sort of looking at strikeouts, Manaya, he's someone I'm looking at today. Uh, you know, you can see that in plate IQ. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good pitcher. He's at home in Oakland and just Texas has, they're just a very left-handed team, right? Gallo, Odor, that's where their power is. So if he can neutralize those with huge K rates, I mean, he's still pretty good against righties and these righties aren't really that good anyway, and they still strike out. So he's someone I'm really looking at quite a bit today. Uh, and then if you scroll down, uh, you're looking for point per dollar plays. You could you could try a Sean Newcomb. Uh, I don't mind him. Robbie Ray, risk reward, never in cash games today. Uh, I wouldn't mind throwing him out there in tournaments. If he's on, he can compete with everybody. And he's cheap, right? So he's not really going to kill you too much anyway. Uh, I think Stripling against San Diego is really interesting. And, uh, you know, at least in tournaments, again, it's really going to come down to percent owned. I'm okay playing the really high owned pitchers. I think that's a lot more predictable than it is trying to predict the hitter portion. So I have no problem just really going heavy on the high owned pitchers. And then, you know, it's early in the day. I haven't finished all of my baseball research, but if I go into the recent trends on plate IQ, and if I noticed, you know, this is sort of how you do your own research really quickly. Uh, let's see here. Let me go to Manaya and just see what he's done. So what he's done, you know, his velocity from last year looks like it's at least on a slider is up a little bit. But the big thing right here, it looks like he's developed a curveball that he's thrown a little bit and he's thrown his changeup a little bit more while throwing his fastball less. And if you show me a pitcher who's throwing his fastball less in today's baseball, I'm on board because the, everyone can hit the, the fastball. So if he's throwing, let's see here, his changeup is what he's really boosted on. So you go right back to your dashboard, right? And let's see what he's done. And so his fastball, you know, he's got a good fastball, right? Only a 223 Woba allowed, low ISO, you know, good whiff you know, a lot of green, but the, the changeup that he's throwing even more now this year, right? Specifically to righties, look at this, unhittable. A 132 Woba allowed, a 265 expected Woba with no ISO and a much, you know, he's 50% higher on his whiff rate over his fastball. So if you are ever trying to do something like that, the recent trends specifically right at the start of the year, you can see he's a change pitcher. That really interests me, right? Because he's now throwing a, a pitch that's worse, less, and he's throwing his better pitches more. This is what you want in a pitcher. And that's going to lead to more strikeouts. Plus he's got a great matchup. Uh, so I'm going to be really on Manaya today based on something like this. So this is how you can do it. You can do this for every pitcher. It only takes you a couple minutes. Uh, really, really easy to see what, what, what pitchers are doing in their pitch mix and their velocity. Right here, recent trends. Um, I spend more time here than I do pretty much on the main page on Plate IQ. Um, MLB showdowns, not really my my thing. I would not be the guy for MLB showdowns. Uh, maybe hit up a head chopper, hit up Squirrel Patrol. Right, these guys play the showdowns quite a bit more than me. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, send them a message see if they can get you any tips or videos on that. Um, do we see LeBron or AD is a better lock play tonight? Uh, uh, so here's the problem I have with the Lakers is that they're basically the one seed. They ain't moving. One of these times, I, I don't know if I feel like LeBron's going to make his dudes play. And I, I don't think LeBron's going to sit. Uh, you know, he said he wanted before the season, he wants to play every game. He's there for the fans. He wants to play. Uh, there's no fans in the stands anymore. So we got to see how that holds true. At some point, the Lakers are going to either in-game hit us with some lower minutes. They're going to sit some guys. I'm not sure if it's today, right? Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to go with AD LeBron. Uh, hasn't really flashed the ceiling. He was sort of dealing with like a little bit of a an injury. Not really putting up massive point totals. He's more of the distributor. Uh, you know, with the assists right now. And AD looks to be one of the main scorers. You got Kyle Kuzma as well, getting some extra buckets as well with uh, with LeBron looking to defer. It seems like LeBron's deferring a little bit more. 
I don't want LeBron deferring. I want LeBron scoring buckets. So I think I would play AD over LeBron tonight. Um, let's see. Entry manage includes your groups, min-max. Yes. So it does, but it's going to, if players are locked, right, it'll, it'll count that. And then it'll sort of rebuild some of your other teams, right? So it doesn't, if you had a specific stack or team that you loved, what you can do is you can, you can move that team out of the entry manager, um, but it will continually sort of churn through your other combinations that you have based off your stack percentages. Um, unless of course that, you know, those players have locked or anything like that. Um, any wizards players, let's take a look at their prices today. Um, so Bryant, you know, hard to see him against Embiid really having a big game, but his minutes are pretty good. The production's been good. Uh, it was against Phoenix. It was against Brooklyn. It was against Miles Turner. So you're going to be able to do that against Embiid with the price starting to creep up. I don't know. Maybe I take a pass on him today. Uh, I like Ish. Uh, he should probably get the start again. Uh, I believe he had a little bit of foul trouble in this game. So, you know, didn't really get his full amount of run. I expect him to get back up to 28 minutes today. Don't mind him. Uh, it looks like our projected ownership sort of agrees with that as well. He looks like he's going to be the highest on. Uh, Troy Brown, always interesting. Multiple ways. He can take 17 shots. He can get 10 rebounds. He started dishing out assists. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways for him to get some points in a game like this. So I, I like Troy Brown. He flashed the upside, 5,500, uh, not not the worst play in the world. And Rui, uh, you know, he's going to be playing big minutes today. And, you know, I, if I had to project someone to play the most minutes of someone on Washington today, I would probably put Rui into that. So I always like the guy who's going to play the most minutes. And he just really hasn't put together the all-around game yet, right? So he has – he takes a lot of shots but gets no assists, doesn't take a lot of shots – um, mediocre across the board, takes a reasonable amount of shots, but no steals or blocks. There's a way all of that comes together for him in one game. So Rui is someone uh, I would probably be interested in today. Um, let's see if I was looking for Wizards. Uh, is the, a video on entries manager. I know uh, if Nicole's out there, I'm sure she, there's one somewhere. I don't know if it's been updated in probably a year. Um, but I'm sure it looks like Devin's got a couple of ones up there for late swap today. So you can go check out some of those. Look at that. De Devin right on the button uh, has all those. He is the man. He know if there's a video out there for Roto Grinders, he's going to know where it is. Uh, let's see here. We'll take a couple more questions. We'll get out of here. What type of max total ownership do you target for MLB lineups within lineup HQ? So this is what I do, right? So uh, I can't do it today. Let's pretend basket let's we have ownership for basketball let's just pretend basketball is baseball i know it sounds stupid but we're gonna do it here really quick so let me make sure i don't have any groups and i'm just playing optimals right so what i like to do is run a bunch of do a couple ones here get around these DraftKings restrictions is I, I like to run, I pick out my stacks that I like first, but I do it with no ownership restrictions first, right? So let's pretend this was baseball. I go to lineup HQ, I sort by projected ownership high to low. What I don't want to do is I don't, I don't want this lineup, pretend this was baseball. I would not want this to be my lineup, right? It's just too much of all the high-owned players all at once in tournaments has a likelihood of being duplicated. It's just not what I, what I would want in baseball. So what I typically do is pretend I make, you know, I have my stack set up that I wanted. Now the combinations with all the pitchers that I want, if it was 238 projected ownership on the highest owned lineups, and you can scroll down to basketball is going to be a little different, but you can see 234, 230, 229, 224, right? Maybe I set it the highest owns 240. My typical rule is I like to shave off at least 10 to 15% of that from the top of my max lineup ownership. So maybe I set it at something like 215 as a max. What I also don't want happening is I don't want a whole bunch of 1% on players on my, my baseball lineup. 
right? If I'm playing a low-owned stack, I don't mind getting high-owned pitchers. So I also like to set a minimum. Uh, typically in baseball on a, on a big slate, maybe something like 70 as a minimum would work on something like this, where now I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm getting at least a couple good players on my team. You know, I'm probably going to get two good pitchers with a low-owned stack or at least one good pitcher with a medium-owned stack well, I'm also eliminating the very high end of the chalky lineups um, based off ownership. So I, I run it, you know, just to go over that again, you know, you could make your stacks, run it without any ownership restrictions, see what the highest owned that you're getting. And if you are playing some of the high, if you're not playing any of the high owned teams, if you aren't playing the twins or the Rockies tonight, you know, and you X them out of your builds, you don't have to worry about ownership. You're just going to be different and you want your best lineups of that anyway. But if you are playing some of those teams, right, if you're playing the – you don't want the Rockies with the Twins with the two highest-owned pitchers tonight, right? That Everyone's going to have that. So this is – if you want to play those teams, setting the, the global limits, make sure that if you do get a combination of those, you're picking maybe a lower-owned player on that team or one of your pitchers might be a little different. So that's how I typically handle it uh, on a global setting. And I would show you on baseball – but I don't have ownership. So just, just pretend basketball is baseball and should be able to help you out on that one. Uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for the pregame show today. Uh, we'll be back, uh, I believe, tomorrow and Friday. I don't think I'm on. I think Blender's on. Uh, so you can check that out every day, pretty much every day at 11 during the week, as long as there's enough time to fit it into the schedule. We will be here, free show on, or, uh, on YouTube and on Roto-Grinders for everybody. Uh, Click the like button on your way out of here. We would greatly appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, For everyone watching, I'm Britt. Thanks for for watching and we out you.